Hey, Adam. Yes, Scott. I got a question for you. Yes. Do you ever have that feeling where you feel alone or you feel like feel like you don't belong? Sometimes, yeah. Well, never fear, my friend, because you will never feel that way again. Because for your distraction is now a member of a family. We are. Yes, a Potter family, to be precise. You mean that TV show that's on the air? No, not that. No? No, not that. The Potter family, if you go on Twitter, search for Potter family, give them a follow. They post all kinds of great podcasts, us included. All kinds of all kinds of cool stuff, man. It's it's great. I love it. I'm about to check it out. It sounds yeah, interesting. Definitely. Check out the Potter family. with another very, very, very special episode for you guys. It's another throwback cinema. Very, 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 very special. Very, 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 very special. Yes. Quadruple very special. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. Hey, I'm Scott. And we are here to bring you the uh, our review of Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. You picked this one, Adam. I did. The classic Mel Brooks film, Blazing Saddles. One of my faves. Love it. One of my favorites, too. I, I absolutely love pretty much almost all, I can say almost all, but most of the Mel Brooks films, I really like. I really love them. I threw together one of my top fives. Really? I ranked my top five favorite Mel Brooks films. I like doing these. Want to the yeah, hear I, it? Yeah, I want to hear it. So I like Mel Brooks a lot. My number five favorite Mel Brooks film is The Producers. That's a good one. like that one. Number four, I put History of the World Part One. <laughs> Number three, I have Young Frankenstein. Number two, Spaceballs. And number one, this movie that we are reviewing, Blazing Saddles. This one made you number one. Number one, my favorite Mel Brooks Nice. Film. Yes. By the way, it's, it's Frankenstein, not Frankenstein. You're putting me on. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I like Mel Brooks a lot. It's a funny, funny guy. Mel Brooks movies seem to be some of the most quotable movies. Really like are. they're not really quotable, funny if you've never seen the movies. But for people who know the movies, people who've seen them, if you just quote a Mel Brooks line, just in any any line from one of his movies, everybody loves it. Everybody loves them. How can you argue with that? <laughs> We're gonna quote this movie a lot. I oh have yes, a feeling. I have a feeling. Oh, there you are. Thank you, sir. He needs the opener for his yeah, beer. Yeah, the pop. So, this is an older film. It is. 1974? I mean, most of them God damn it, it did it again. Motherfucker. It's okay, Adam. The it's goddamn okay. beer. No, it spilled on me. I dropped the cap. It's under the table. You're having a rough, rough start of this. Yeah, show. my hands get covered in beer now. Oh, there's napkins right there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to use them. You need, like, wet wipes out here from now on, I think. Yeah, I should. It's starting to rain out there, too. Anyway, yeah, Mel Brooks, I mean, they're, a lot of them are pretty old. A lot of the movies. 
This film had a lot of firsts in it. It did. I apologize if anybody can hear the rain out there, but it's coming down pretty hard now. It's a warm night, so we have the windows open in the studio, and <coughs> all of a sudden the sky just opened up. So. And you're probably wondering, why does a studio have windows then? Shut up. That's what I had to say to that. Just shut up. <laughs> so why don't you read, what's what's to say about the movie? All right, uh, this is coming straight from IMDb. Uh, let me get there real quick, because I scrolled down a little bit to see the actors. Short and sweet and to the point. To ruin a western town, a corrupt political boss appoints a black sheriff who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. Short and sweet to the point. Yeah. That's basically what it's about. Yes. Basically, it's about uh, this railroad that wants to go through this town. The only way they can go through the town is to run out all the uh, uh, people that still live there, the citizens of the town. And uh, there are these roving gangs of uh, people that work for the governor. Miscreants. Miscreants that work for the governor that they've been going through and they've been hassling them yes. and all this other shit, killing their sheriff. So they decide to appoint a black sheriff there because it'll think it'll just make them sick to the stomach and they'll run them out even faster. Turns out not, that's not really what happens. Bart. <coughs> yes. By Bart. Cleveland little who died young. Yes. He, he died really young. He was in his early fifties. This when he is died. really the only thing I, I know him as. Yeah. But I, I think he's a, I think he's a pretty decent actor. Like I thought he was a pretty decent actor. Oh, he did he's a great a job. Funny, funny guy. They also, for this, for the role of Bart, they looked into Richard Pryor, James Earl Jones, Flip Wilson, and Lou Gossett. And out of all those big time names, Cleavon Lil got the tap. So, and I think it was a good pick too. I do too. I do too. It would have been cool to see Richard Pryor. It would have been cool. Yeah. I think that would have been funny too. But at the time, he was just known for stand-up. This is yeah. early, 1974. Yeah, this is... And his stand-up was a little bit raunchy. He used the N-word a lot. And well, they so used the N-word a lot in this in movie, this, too. And this, so. and this is the, one of the first films to do that. It is. So there was a, this film, as much as it is a comedy and a satirical comedy... It is very. It covered the race very well. It's groundbreaking. Yeah, it did. It 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 talked. It dealt a lot of into a lot of race issues. In my opinion, you know, equalization, uh, the idea that this black sheriff and all these white settlers are against this black sheriff, but he still sticks with them. And he he's he's a black sheriff. He's he's got a heart of gold though. And they eventually come around, and they all end up liking him and wanting him to stick around. You know, it's it pushes issues. I guess I would they... say. Use the word a ton of times throughout the movie, and until then, nobody ever said on TV. I'm sorry, what was that word, Scott? The word that word, okay, yes, okay. So, um, also the farting scene, yeah, the classic, classic scene. In that was a first, that was a TV first. Was it on TV? Was I mean. TV and movie first. I, I was going to say, like... Screen, yes. Yeah. To, to they had a scene... There was a scene, scene where the miscreants were sitting around a fire at night eating beans and bread, and that's all they coffee, were eating. Black coffee. Yeah, and that's all they had, and that's all they were eating, that's all they were drinking, and... As the camera pans out and you see all the uh, uh, cowboys, cowpokes, as you might say, sitting around the fire, everybody's just lifting their leg up and doing that and some of this and some of that and just constantly going around and it's just so much farting going on. It's 
it's it's fart humor at its best, I guess is what you I would mean, say. I, fart humor at its best. And and they and the censors wanted the fart scene removed. They wanted any time that the word was used. I I'm glad they left it to show you what it is. Yeah. Now to paint now to paint a picture, when the movie starts out, you've got uh, a bunch of black people and Chinese people working on a, a railroad. A railroad. I can't say that Ra- word. I Ra- can't say road. that word right now. Ra- Ra- railroad. <laughs> I can't say that word. Railroad. You got them working on the railroad, and uh, slavery wasn't around at this point in time, was it? It wasn't really around then. For it was eighteen seventy four. Was it? But was it slavery technically? I mean, I mean, they didn't have rights. I mean, black people no, no, and Chinese no. people didn't have rights. It, but was, I mean. it was post-Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's it what was I'm thinking. Post-Civil War, so no, slavery was abolished. Yeah, but you saw how it was. Yeah, exactly. So they were all working on the railroad. Okay, we'll take the and the chinks, but not the Irish. <laughs> okay, everybody. <laughs> But that's where the movie starts, and that's where we see our hero, Cleavon Little. <laughs> Holy shit, Scott. Scott just took a swig. You're too good at that, Scott, okay? The load was blown this way. <laughs> it just exploded on my face. That's not... That's <laughs> not my nose. I if I didn't nickel for every time Scott said that. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this episode's going great so far. It is. It's going thousand. great. Anyway, we see our hero, Cleavon Little, play, playing Bart. <laughs> and all these, you know, racist cowboys are coming around there and they're saying, come on, guys, you know, sing a song, blah, blah, you know. Tell them to sing, you know, a black song, essentially, like they would in the slave times, stereotypically. And what was the song they sang? Cleavon's led them in a song. It's like a classic, you know, like... It's like, uh, it like a crooner. Yeah. Like, like a Sinatra or a Dean Martin song. I... Get no kicks from champagne. champagne. That's what it was. Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. And it just, and that's he just goes through the satirical song, but he switches it up a little bit, uh, meaning like a slavery kind of term, because he ends it with, "But I get a belt out of you." I think that's what he said, right? He said something about cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Some get a kick from cocaine. <laughs> and he's and it, that's just kind of how it starts off. So right away you kind of get you got to get the aspect of what the movie's going to be about. Just these these dumb white people and this 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 sarcastic black guy that's going to be like, "No, nah, don't fuck with me, okay? Cuz I'm going to be funny right in your face." But they didn't want him to sing that. They wanted him to sing a more black struggle. Yeah. Camp Town Racers sing, sing this song. Doodar, doodar. What in the wide, <laughs> wide world of sports is going on here? Oh, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, that would be Slim Pickens coming in as Taggart, the leader of the cowpokes, as you would who say. Who was known for playing in westerns. Oh, yeah. Actual westerns. All Blazing Saddle is is a satire of all the westerns we've seen before all the john waynes the clint eastwoods the slim pickens yeah. all of them yeah but uh he's actually in this one as a satire yeah. which i thought was really cool he did he, he did very well he was funny too he's a funny dude funny guy. He, he wasn't known for his comedy like everybody else in the movie they're yeah. all comedy actors yeah so 
they decide they they figured out that they might run into quicksand down the track, so they decide to send two of the black guys down there, as you would say, two of them two down there to go check it out. And they're on a rail cart and they're pushing the rail cart and they're going down and they get into quicksand. Now they're stuck. They're stuck in quicksand. And here comes Taggart rolling up. He's like, "Oh shit! Now we're in trouble." And he yeah, he takes, he's out, a, takes that off and throws it on the ground. And he calls this uh, right hand man up and tells him, "You know, get it, get it out of the get out of the quicksand." Meaning, you know, maybe them. He throws a rope in there and he pulls the cart out. And you hear Ted go, "A four hundred dollar push like, cart." Boy, that was close. We almost lost a four hundred dollar cart. And they basically. Uh, to leave those two in light because you know black people during this time to them were not important you know exactly you know so they were going to leave them to die i i just yeah so fast forward a little bit he actually he actually gets arrested yeah Bart does because he hits he hits taggart in the back of the head with with a shovel right because he gets angry about how he was being treated yeah and he goes to uh the town where he's going to be put to death. He's going to be hanged by his neck until he's, he's going to be hanged by the, by the dude with the limb. The, the, the hangman. hangman with the, who's the same hangman from... Uh, yeah. Young Frankenstein. The same... Oh, the, he was Igor. Yeah, he was Igor. But he was, he was the hangman from Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Yeah. And he played the same exact character. Yeah, he had that walk where he just <laughs> threw his hands up in the air like that. <laughs> it was there was a whole line of people out there waiting to get hanged. It was freaking. Like, there was that one point whenever there was the cowboy and the horse that were up on the thing, and he had the rope around the horse's neck. The horse's neck too. Like it's it's freaking. Oh, I couldn't possibly squeeze him until Monday. I'm booked up solid. <laughs> this is when we're introduced to Harvey Cordman as Headley Lamar. Our great character. Great character. Hedy, it's Headley. Headley Lamar. Now. Hedy Lamar is a act was an actress. She she was in a lot of films, a lot of old classic black and white films, <coughs> and I don't know if it was a jab at her, but they make they make a they make it all the time. They God. do. They make this joke at her, and uh, I think Mel Brooks, as the governor, makes the comment where he says, "This is 1874. We could sue her." <laughs> But really, she did sue them. Did she really? She did sue them. That sucks. It still got through. So. She sued them, and they paid her. They paid her whatever because I don't. I don't understand the joke why they were why they were throwing shade at her. But uh, I don't know. I think it's just I, it was funny. So it was, to me, it doesn't it was matter. Funny. It was but funny. basically, Headley Lamar is a uh, what is he exactly? He's the attorney general. Attorney general. Okay. He's second in command to the governor. Right. The governor. Played by Mel Brooks. Played by Mel Brooks. Great, great character. Oh, jeez. He's, he's, like, he's, he's a dim-witted, just, you know. Simple governor. Yeah, simpleton. All in it for, you know, he's got his, you know, his token secretary, who's just, just this big-breasted redhead that he just always, uh, it's so. Hello, boys. <laughs> Um, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Here, let me help you. Let me help you. Thank you, your secretary. Oh my god. Yeah. So that. So they need to get this. You mentioned this, Adam. The town of Rock. Rock Ridge. Rock Ridge. Rock is the Ridge. Town Rock that, Ridge. That, that, that this train that they they need to go through this town. So they need to get rid of everybody. They send these bad guys there. Well, they come up with the idea. What was it? What was the number? Do a do a twenty six or seventy six or something like that on them. 
I, I don't remember. It, it was it was Slim Pickens. He said, "I got, it, I got it. We'll do a number. We'll do a number twenty on him or something like that." Well, that's when we go riding into the town, whomping and a whomping every everything that moves, except for the women. And he's like, "Well, what, what, you spare the women?" He's like, "No, we rape the shit out of them and do a number twenty six dance after." <laughs> it was something like that. I can't remember the number, but it was it was I think it was, was twenty six. But uh, so the idea they get is that the, the sheriff is killed, and the town wires the governor, and the governor is clueless to this. Oh yeah, and he goes, "We need to send them a new sheriff right away." We got to protect our phony baloney Johns, gentlemen. <laughs> harumph, harumph, harumph! I didn't get a harumph out of you, Mr. Senator. Harumph, harumph! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Headley then says, "All right, so the governor's making me send them a sheriff." Mind you, Headley is behind this whole thing. He's behind wanting to get them out of Rockridge. Right. He's the mastermind behind. He's the evil bad guy, evil right. genius. Right, he is. So they decide to spare Bart, who's about to be hanged at the gallows. Yes, and, and this, make him the new sheriff. Because they know it was not going to go well. They thought the people will run him out of town right away. Which they were not happy because we get to the scene where he's riding into town and you see... You see all the Johnsons. Yes, you see all the Johnsons. Everybody's last name is Johnson. And there's the old... There's the old... Poverty Johnson, what's his name? The old drunken who's on... Johnson. Yeah, he's up under the... He's like, Sheriff's coming! The sheriff's... And then the giant bell would ring. (laughs) What'd he say? The sheriff is near! (laughs) No, God! The sheriff is up... Dong, yeah. dong. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the sheriff, he comes riding in town. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's dead Except silent. The Howard Trump- Johnson. Howard Johnson was giving the speech. And he's, so he's, he's looking, looking at his paper. paper. We offer you this laurel and hearty handshake. To our to town's go- newest. <laughs> As he looks up and realizes. Oh. And then Bart goes up there because he wants to, you know, read off the list, the the, the orders from the governor saying that he's taking the role as sheriff. He's like, excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, and everybody way. screams like, ah, because he's reaching into his belt and they think he's going to whip out his dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls it out and he's reading off the orders from the governor. He's sitting there saying like, oh, you know, I'm taking my role as the sheriff and stuff like that. And as he's reading, he's looking around. Everybody's pulling out guns and cocking rifles and everything like this- that. This is the part you like, Adam. I love this part so much because... It's a Looney Tune gag. It's, it's a very much a Looney Tune gag because he's like, oh, great, how do I get out of this one? He pulls his own gun out and puts it right up to his head and he's like, hold it. The next person that moves that gets it. We don't, yeah, we don't, we, we don't want to say, we don't want to say that word, so, but yeah, so basically, he's playing his own, his own hostage, and his own captor, essentially, and the, what was it, Howard Johnson was like, alright, people, put it down, he's, Jesus Christ, Scott, you okay, Scott had to, Scott had some fizziness as he was drinking it, and he had to get up, and dump it out, outside, it's the worst beer ever, Pour a new glass. <laughs> okay there. Anyway, he's basically, like I said, he was playing his own captor and his own hostage. And, and they're all taking it so seriously, like it's a serious thing that's happening. And well, I think it was like Howard Johnson, one of the other Johnsons, like, all right, man, put put the guns down. He's not bluffing. And 
he starts pulling him away. He's, he's basically pulling himself away with the gun to his head. And you hear one of the female Johns say, isn't anybody going to help that poor man? And one of the other Johnsons basically saying, uh, quiet, man. That's a sure way to get him killed. And he's just sitting there getting pulled back to the... It, it's just a hilarious scene. No, it's, I, it's, it's, it's definitely a it's one of the, it's, it's one of those. I, I'm do I'm not doing it justice. I'm screwing up the scene. I already know that. It's one of those scenes. I advise you go on YouTube and look it up or something like that. If you've never seen the movie, like. I just think that they they pay homage to Looney Tunes at so many times. They do. This film. It's a Warner Brothers film. Candy ran for Mongo. That's my favorite scene. My favorite scene. <laughs> Candy ran for Mongo. Candy Graham for Mongo. <laughs> I'm Mongo. Sign I'm... here, please. <laughs> Mongo like candy. <laughs> so yeah, that's. But um, so he takes his role as sheriff. He takes his role as sheriff, and, and then he... we introduce his partner in crime. Uh, yes, one of the best characters in the film. Great, great Jim. actor, Jim, played by the fantastic Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. <clears throat> so fantastic he's a drunkard basically and he's in he's in one of the cells and he wakes up and he's upside down in his bunk hanging off his bunk and he sees bart for the first time and bart the base of the conversation goes bart says are we awake and jim says we're not sure are we black <laughs> it's, it's just like a simple little rant little conversation like that that goes on but they immediately hit it off. Immediately hit it off. You could tell they're gonna be best friends throughout the entire movie. Absolutely. So yes, um, but you can tell he wants to do his job. Bart wants to do his job well. But Jim, also known as the Waco Kid, is trying to tell him, you know, you won't be able to succeed with these people. They're not ready for a for an urbanite such as yourself. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like there. He wanted to know Jim's backstory, how he became to be, and why he was such a drunk. And, yeah. And he told the story about how he was... The Waco the Kid. The Waco Kid. I heard about you. You were the fastest gun in the West. In the world. <laughs> and he went on to say how everybody was coming to town to try him out. Till one day, he heard, reach for it, mister. And he spun around, and it was a... A twelve-year-old, six-year-old kid. Six-year-old. It was kid. a six-year-old kid. I threw down my gun and turned around. The little bastard shot me in the ass. <laughs> I crawled in a whiskey bottle. Haven't been out since. But the line I love is when when he holds up his hand and he goes, "You see this?" Bart goes, "Straight as an arrow, steady as a rock, steady as a rock." And he goes, yes, but I shoot with this hand. And his left hand is He's having like an epileptic seizure with his left hand. He's like, oh, shit. I love love that. I love that line. But he goes, uh, you know, he's not going to listen to Jim. He wants to take this town. He wants to be good sheriff. So he goes out. He sees a nice old lady. (laughs) Hello, ma'am. Fine day, isn't it? And she responds with, up yours. (laughs) And at that point, he comes back. You tell he's upset. Jim. He's staring off into space. Jim's trying to console him and stuff like that. Basically telling him, like, you can't. These are people of the land. People of the West. Frontiersmen. You know. Morons. Morons. <laughs> and he just craps. And he makes him feel better, basically. He just cracks up laughing to that. The uh, the next scene, though, after the farting scene, which we already talked about, yeah. Taggart gets the idea to send... One of his goons by the name of Mongo, 
who's played by uh, uh he used to be a wrestler. football player. Football player, yeah. Uh, football, uh, Alex Karras. Alex Karras, he played for the Giants, I believe. Yeah. He uh, just passed away a couple years ago. Really? Yes, he was a great Mongo. And Mongo was just like this giant behemoth yeah. of a man. <clears throat> Rode into town on a steer. A giant freaking steer. <laughs> he parks he parks his steer in front of the saloon and the one Johnson Wilson comes up right Johnson in the, or whatever comes up to him. You can't park there. And he just hauls off and punches he the ro- horse. He right hooks the horse and the horse falls on the ground. <laughs> Knocks the horse dead. And then you, you go you pan into the saloon and you see Howard Johnson talking about some intellectual nonsense that nobody gives a shit about and you could tell and he's finished <laughs> Is his thought. He's like, that shit. here's Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> that was- <laughs> and, oh, shit. and then comes this Bart. You love Scott. The part. Well, well, it goes. It goes back to the jailhouse, and there's there's Bart and Jim sitting there, and one of the townspeople. And Bart's in. Bart's staring out the window. He's like, I don't know what's going on. He goes and sits down. And he's not at his desk, where his desk usually is. His chair is empty. And the, the guy walks in, and he goes right up to the chair where there's no sheriff sitting there. He starts talking to an empty chair, but going, Sheriff, Mongo's back. He's wrecking the... And he realizes the sheriff's not there, so he turns around and walks up to the sheriff. He goes, Sheriff, Mongo's back. He's wrecking the town. I Just, just a yeah. little thing like that. I love I love that they did that. And he, and he agrees to do it, and he walks in. He's like, the fool's gonna... I mean, the sheriff's gonna do it. And he goes to put on his gun, and uh, Jim looks at him and says, No, 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 don't do that. If you shoot him, you'll just make him mad. <laughs> like what? And this is the scene that we already talked about with the candy gram. He cut, there's a scene. Mongo has all the tavern people pushed up against the wall with a piano, <laughs> and he's just standing there like, "Oh my god!" And then Bart comes in in like this uh, delivery express outfit or whatever. What is it? Like a uh, what a do they call him? Like a messenger, yeah. whatever. It's it's something like that. And you hear him in this high pitched voice like, "Candy gram for Mongo," and he just. It just repeats it a couple times, and Mong and you you heard this, and we already talked about it. But yeah, basically he blow he has a box set up to blow it up in his face to knock him out. Yeah, good, good, funny. Well, probably my favorite scene, my favorite scene in the movie. I loved it. So once he was able to have the box blow up in Mongo's face, it took him back to the jailhouse. That's when he started winning the people over. Yeah, of the town. The old they, woman came up and gave him a pie. Sorry about the up yours. Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> and she leaves and she comes back and knocks on the window. like, of course, you have the good sense not to tell anybody I was here, right? Of course, ma'am. No problem. So then, um... Introduce the femme fatale of this movie. Next. Basically, Lily. fast forward a little bit. Lily von Stuck. Lily von Stuck. Played Sh- by... Uh, Madeline... Madeline, is it... Madeline. Kane? Madeline Kane. Madeline Kane, okay. She is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. She is so great. And now this movie was originally, I don't know if you know this, supposed to be a musical. There was about five or six <coughs> songs written, original songs written for this. And the studio and Mel Brooks decided to, to scrap the songs, but they loved Madeline's rendition of I'm Tired. Yeah. So they left that in. And I think it's great. I think I'm glad. I'm glad they left it in there. It was so yeah. funny. It needed to be a musical. Basically, Lily's role in this uh, movie was to lure the sheriff in with her sexual wiles and basically, uh, essentially, kill him. I guess you would say was 
Break his heart. Break his heart. I she guess break a, his spirit, maybe. I don't know. She, she, I was entirely sure if Headley wanted him her to kill him. No, or... no, she, he wanted a heart broken. Okay. And um, and it, what ended up happening was he spent the night with her, and she got won over by his big black cock. Basically is how it went down. Like, uh, morning after, she he she is just eating out of the palm of his hands. Not that he's intentionally doing that. He was just trying to be a suave, so smooth man. So basically, it went the other way around, essentially, is what it is. So she ends up joining Team Bart, essentially, is what it goes down to. So then, fast forward a little bit, Headley has the idea to just round up every single ruffian they can get, every single no-good just just evil individual they can hire them up so they can just take just ride into town and kill everybody and burn the town to the ground essentially and you have the scene where there's a line of people in front of this little table in the middle of the desert with Headley sitting there with this two evil two evil henchmen Taggart and the other guys uh, standing next to him and it's just this montage as they're going back in line of just starts off with you know banditos and you know cowboys that are just you know like uh, bandits and whatever but then it gets a ridiculous like there's a camel with some you know middle eastern garb people going on there kook or ku klux klan people that have nazi soldiers <clears throat> nazi soldiers there's uh greasers with you know these little motorcycle handles attached to their freaking waist and they're just revving their fake engines or whatever it's it's a it's a great scene and i love the scene how the two members of the ku klux klan are like the last two in yeah line. so bart and jim are hiding behind a rock and they decide they need to get a closer look. So they did a whole Raiders of the Lost Ark, beat somebody up and steal their clothes. Yeah. Which I want this is before Raiders. So I want I would like to know which the first film that did the whole beat somebody up and take their clothes. It, it couldn't have it couldn't have been this film. It has to be an old old thing. It had it to have been some... something, but I mean it's it's it was great. It was done so well because it's funny. Jim goes, "Oh boys!" And he pulls look Bart. Look what I found. He pulls Bart from behind the rock. He goes, "Where are all the white women at?" <laughs> and the, the clan members, of course, run over there. Yeah, you hear the the punch punches being thrown, and then they come out in the and they, in the white sheets with the masks. Until Bart is discovered. Well, they get up to the front of the line and they're like, and he Headley's asking for, you know, ref occupation, things like that, like things that they've done to prove that they're really bad people. And he's like, he's like references, occupation or references. And he's basically like, oh, started a stampede. He's like, that doesn't seem very evil through the Vatican. And he's like, he's like kinky, kinky. He's signed here, and he goes to sign there, and it's Bart, and he's got black hands, obviously, because he's a black man. And Jim's like, oh, didn't I tell you to always wash your hands after a crossburn? And he like tries to rub it. He's like, see, it's coming off. And he pulls the hood off. He's like, now for my next impression, Jesse Owens. And he run, they start bolting away. Yeah, yeah good stuff. <laughs> we'll head him off at the pass. I hate that cliche. <laughs> Now they got to come up with a plan. They got to come up with a plan, and they devise the most grandiose plan ever, in my opinion. They decide to get the workers on the railroad to come and help the settler, the town, build a replica, replica town, so that they could destroy that town and be tricked into not destroying the real town. <clears throat> and of course, it comes to that scene that you were talking about earlier, when. Uh, Basically, Bart said that all they ask in return is a little plot of land to call their own. And what was it? Uh, what was it? His name? Which Johnson was it? The Fat Johnson. Yeah. 
He is a Fat Johnson. I don't remember which one. I can't keep them all straight. But yeah, anyway, he was basically telling him, he's like, all right, we'll take the... Oh, I got to hit the spring. Yeah, we'll take the... And the chinks, but no Irish. Is it okay to say chinks? I don't know. I mean, they're just words. Okay. They're all just words, Scott. I don't really care. But anyway, it's it's that scene. So they come to an agreement that they're going to build a replica town. And they do it. They work all night long, and they build this cardboard setup of just the town right there that looks totally fake, but, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's successful. And then they realize, what's the part of the plan they forgot? No people. That's the part they forgot, that there's no people there. They're going to figure out that there's no people standing in the town, that there's not a real town. So they come up with a brilliant idea to stall the bandits. What was the idea? The Lepetame Thruway. The very first toll booth. <laughs> and it's this toll booth out in the middle of the desert just sitting on the road that could easily be going around, but it stops them. It stops them, and they have to pay, what was it, uh, 10 cents mm-hmm. for each person. And you hear Taggett say... God damn it, somebody's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes. <laughs> so that buys them enough time to basically make replicas of the people, too, at the same time. Right. They get to the town, and um, they're, they're hiding up in the hills. And they've got it wired to blow. So finally, they, they get to town, and they roll in, and they find out that it's not, it's not a real town. They find it out just yeah. as they're about to blow it. It doesn't blow, so they need to get Jim to go sniper and shoot it so it explodes, which it does for really no purpose. It doesn't. Really, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really, really kill do anybody. They just knock them off their horses and then they go. Let's go get them. And then one of the top <laughs> ten greatest fight scenes yeah. in all of Hollywood occurs. It's you. It's this fight scene in the set in this cardboard Which set. It breaks the third wall. It breaks the it breaks the fourth wall like fourth wall, like right. nothing's ever broken the fourth wall because the camera just pans out into the sky and it shifts over to the left and you see Hollywood Studios, all these different sets and everything like that. And this is the moment where the film just goes off the rails. This is the moment where they just start fighting and you start to see other sets and everything like that. There's the musical set with uh, what was his name? Shit. With Dom DeLuise. Oh, yeah, Dom DeLuise. There's, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Dom, Dom DeLuise <coughs> is fantastic. He does. There's this musical set where they're doing this this all-male singing and dancing routine or whatever, and they Throw screw it up. Throw your hands. Stick out your tush. <laughs> hands on your hips. Give them a push. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Yeah, and they fuck it up, and Dom DeLuise gets on the stage, and it's he's just so sarcastic, your classic sarcastic gay director, I guess you would say. It's just so funny, but... The set of Blazing Saddles breaks through the wall, and it's just all the cowboys just fighting, and you get this montage of just them fighting through this set, then they're fighting in the cafeteria with all the other actors, and it's like the movie's going on at the same time while they know it's not a movie, but they're still doing it anyway. Hedley Lamar's in the cafeteria, you know, he comes out of the bathroom. Pies! Get get your your pies for the great pie fight! I love that! So, Hedley Lamar leaves. He runs away because he doesn't want to be a part of this. He doesn't want to get caught. Here's a fun little fact: when when they when they get out into the streets of Hollywood, when you see him break through the fence from from outside the studio, there is a guy sitting there in a blue shirt yeah. on the corner. He was not an actor. He was not an extra. He was a tourist who just happened to be there that day. And three <coughs> separate times, production they they said. You have to move, sir. You have to move. They're going to be coming through here. And each time he would 
was like a, an old. Yeah, he would wander he back would just out. Wander back out there, and the final cut. He made it into the film. Yeah. He's still there. He just would not leave that area. I don't think he understood. Yeah, I think, what was he, yeah, I don't think he understood it. That's a, that's a great Easter egg right yeah. there. Like that, that is, absolutely. But then you see, like, after everybody runs out, he's standing there. And then a, a second later, after Headley gets in the taxi cab and drives <laughs> off the picture, Bart comes out on a horse, and the guy in the blue is not standing there. Anymore. Yeah. It was kind of a, a continuity error. But, yeah. Uh, Shrug his shoulders. Not an actor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Headley decides that he's going to hide out in a movie theater. The Grauman's Chinese yes, theater. Yes. He's going to hide out in the movie theater. He's going to go in there. He's going to hide out in the theater, waiting for everything to blow over. And when he goes and sits in the theater, he's like, he's watching the movie. All of a sudden, you see Bart roll up in his horse at the theater, and he sees it on the screen. He's like, oh shit! And he he has to leave. And they have their standout. He goes outside, and him and Bart have their standoff, the classic gunslinger standoff thing. But, of course, Headley, being the evil man, is bound to do trickery. So when he says, I'm an unarmed man, Bart throws down his gun. He's like, all right, we'll set it this like men. Of course, he pulls out a small little tiny pistol out of his pocket. Yeah. And he d- does a classic movie role where he shoots, Bart rolls out of the way, grabs a gun, shoots him. It shoots him in the nuts, apparently, because that's what he grabbed whenever he shot him, but... <laughs> yeah. To do such great stunts with such small feet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he then Jim shows up and he goes, oh, you shot the bad guy. Let's go in and see how it ends. <laughs> and they so go they, inside. They walk in to see how the picture ends, and that's where it picks up. Right back in the town of Rock Ridge. Yeah. And the people are saying Bart's leaving. It's like, it's like I'm needed elsewhere, you know. Wherever, you know, wherever evil is, I'm needed to stop it. Bullshit. <laughs> Bart's like, all right, you got me. To, be, to tell you the truth, it's getting pretty dull around here. So, so he starts to ride off, and there you see Jim sitting on the tire, whatever, whatever it was, the bale of hay, or whatever, with his feet up. You know, classic cowboy hat down, still holding the thing of popcorn. By the way, <laughs> still holding yeah. the thing of popcorn. He's like, he's like, where are you heading? And Bart's like, nowhere in particular. He's like, sounds good to me. And they gets on the horse. horse <clears throat> yeah, they get on the horse and they start riding off together. Then they stop halfway down the path, get off the horse. Hand the reins to this guy, and they get in a gun. They get in a limo. limo. They get in a limo, and they drive off. Drive into the sunset. End credits. He rode a blazing saddle. So, great film. Um, what do you think, Adam? What would you What would you rate this movie? This is one of your favorites. It is one of my favorites. One out of five. I would have to give it a solid, solid four. Oh, really? Solid four. Very hilarious movie. Very, very funny movie. Mel Brooks is his movies are probably one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, to be honest. Um I'd give it a four because it's still it's not a perfect movie. Um four four maybe yeah, maybe four point five, honestly. As far as comedies go, as far as a comedy goes, I might give it a four point five. Honestly. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Um really close to being being perfect. This movie has done so much. I'm, I don't think you'd talk to anybody who'd say, oh, I don't like Blazing Saddles. I mean, it is great. Yeah. It is great. It was it was groundbreaking for their use of the N-word and the <coughs> fart scene. Those were two things that had never been done before. It's just Mel Brooks' finest work, and he, he's got some great films out there. 
Definitely. So, yeah, Blazing Saddles. If any of you have not seen Blazing Saddles, where you've been at, because that is a fantastic comedy. Go watch it. <clears throat> Go watch it. I don't own it. No, you don't. I, I, I was mad at myself for not owning this picture, so... I had to go rent it to rewatch it to do this review, even though I've seen it a hundred thousand times. But yeah. I wanted to rewatch it to refresh my fresh memory. in the brain. And I didn't, I didn't own it. I thought I might, but I think you know I did own it on VHS, but I never. See, I was a big collector. I had so many VHS tapes when I was younger, when, when VCRs were, were the way to go, I had every movie you could imagine in, in VHS. My, my house was like a video store. It was like a blockbuster. But then they went away, and it was all about the DVDs. And now DVDs some, are going away. Yeah, well, I don't know about DVDs that. DVDs are going the way, of, and Blu-rays taking over. But Blu-rays will always be able to play DVDs. You couldn't play a DVD right. on a VCR. That right. Was the, that was the thing. So Blazing Saddles was a movie that I owned on VHS, but never really got on DVD. I think I need it for my collection, but I had to go and rent it from the family video and rewatch it. Pretty good movie. Definitely. Pretty good movie. I enjoy it, talking about it. So, you picked this one, Adam. I did pick this one, and I'm glad I picked it, too. So I knew from the beginning when we started this uh, segment that this was definitely going to be one of the movies that I would pick. If not this movie, then definitely something else from Mel Brooks, but it would have probably been this. So, <clears throat> so Scott. Yes, sir. If the people want to get a hold of us, what they think about Throwback Cinema, or if they want to let us know if there's a movie in particular they'd like us to watch and talk about, how can they let us know? Well, there's several different ways. You can send us an email. Our email address is foryourdistraction at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for For Your Distraction. You can like us on there. You can find us on Twitter. Also search for For Your Distraction. Um, you can tweet us at podcast FYD. We are on Snapchat. That's also podcast FYD. You can listen to our latest episodes on SoundCloud by searching for For Your Distraction or on iTunes for searching For Your Distraction. We are on Periscope. Get the free Periscope app. Search For Your Distraction. Follow us on there. Every time we go live, you can check us out on there. We are a member of the Pottern family. So if you're on Twitter... Search for Potter and Family. Give them a follow. They post all kinds of great podcasts on there, including ours. That's several different ways you can follow us. Um, let us know what movies you want us to do next for Throwback Cinema. we got a couple more Throwback Cinemas coming up. Um, you want to give a teaser what our next one's going to be? Might as well. we got it picked out. So. We do. We do. I picked the next one. Our next next week... Our throwback cinema episode is going to be the 2003 Disney film Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. That's the first one. So, for those of you who don't know. So, it's it, you have one week if you want to rewatch the film so you can listen to it, listen with us. It is on Netflix, so it'll be easy to, easy to watch. It is on Netflix. I own it, so I just watched my copy. But that's what we'll be doing next time. But Blazing Saddles. He rode a Blazing Saddles.
got a good singing voice there, Adam. You think so? I do. You should, you should record some some new music for you. That's another <laughs> thing. If you guys have any music that you want to send our way for us to put in the show, please do. I'm going to get Adam to throw down some tracks. You'll hear him do his rendition of uh, Throw Out Your Arms, Stick Out Your Tush. <laughs> I can see you edge. doing a dance. Give it a push. There we go. <laughs> All right. You got anything else, Adam? No, I'm good. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this week's review of Blazing Saddles on Throwback Cinema. Check us next week for your distraction. That's another Throwback Cinema. All right. See ya. Blazing saddle, he wore a shining star. His job to offer battle to bad men near and far. He conquered fear and he conquered hate. He turned dark night.